Whereas when you come to someone and you're like, here's my only package. And the reason why is because it's the best. I'm not going to offer you a lower package because it's not going to get you the results you want. I'm going to offer you one package because in all my experience, this is what's going to get you the results you want. You can take it or you can walk away and leave it, but this is what you get. Imagine how much confidence you instill in the person who is listening to this and the person who is hearing this. Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman. So today we are starting our second part of our five-part series. We started this last week and we really wanted to chat about how do we streamline and simplify our businesses? This seems to be a very popular topic that we've seen over the last few years of, you know, people are feeling like they have complicated businesses. They're hustling. They're exhausted. They're burned out. How do they simplify and streamline it? So we spent last week, if you missed it, talking a little bit about how important it is to handle our worthy issues, our value issues, how important it is to really reclaim our desire, to reclaim what we want, like to get the internal stuff right, to really streamline and simplify our business. That has to come first. But today we're going to talk about designing our business in a way that aligns with who we are, because I think that design really matters. I'm a big design kind of person. I think that we need to think about and design things that are in alignment with ourselves. So yeah, we're going to explore that a little bit today. What do you think, Laura? Yeah. Anytime we get to think about design, like you said, human design, design thinking gets me excited because it's it's about being intentional and about really bringing awareness to different aspects of our lives and how those all intersect. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, this is a big part of what I have spent time working on with clients because, you know, it is really important that we handle some of that internal stuff and the mindset and our clarity around what we want. Then we have to go and design our business structures. And I think this is where we get off track. And we talked a little bit about this in the last episode. You know, we can so easily get off of track by comparing ourselves to others or by listening to others over ourselves or by letting our value issues run rampant so that we really get off track in that design of what we're creating. I rarely see people creating a simple design for their business. Almost everybody is overcomplicating it and overcompensating for it. You know, so I think this is that really interesting part of like, how do we design a business that's simple, but aligned with who we are and what we want? Yes. Again, it's that over compensation sometimes and what can really be a simple start we decide oh wait that can't be right it's too simple (laughs) so let me just get in there and complicate it yes and it's so funny because like in my program I like take people step by step through a very simple process but it is rare that people don't overcomplicate the process I'm like 
why are you doing these 10 things? I, it's just this one thing. Just do this one tiny little thing. And they're like, oh, but I thought I had to do this and this. And that. No, no, no. Just really, it's such a simple process, but it shows where our minds go and it shows what we end up trying to do, which is overcomplicate. It's always like, the truth is less is more, right? But so often we're always thinking more is more. <laughs> yes, yes, that is often the case. And it gets us into trouble and it gets us really stressed out. And so that's why we're having this conversation today to give you all permission to come back to the basics and come back to the simple design and know that like with all design, you know, there's, there's these prototypes and there's ways in which we design something to watch its functioning, you know, and the more simple it is, the easier it is to determine what is working and what's not working. And then from that place, you go, oh, okay, wait, now I get that. So let me let that part go. I need to bring in this piece and let me try that, right? So the more simple you start your business, then you're able to make those shifts and tweaks and kind of see the, the basics of it. Because how are you going to see that when something is layered and super complex? Like you don't even know what's up and down, like what's actually working, what's not working. I have no idea. And then you're bringing in a team to like audit your <laughs> your business before you've even got it off the ground because you're just like, I don't even know where to start. Yes. And so let's talk about where to start. Now, this is true, whether you are a brand new business doing your first design, or you are a very established business redesigning, right? Because the truth is, most businesses are complicated, no matter what stage they're in. And so everything's going to require a redesign. How do I decide what I want to create? How do I simplify? You know, sometimes it's very complicated stuff I have going on. So I think, you know, the way I always look at it is the most important thing is focus, right? So the way we simplify any business is we focus, right? One target market, very specifically, one very specific offering. So one service, one program, one product, just one, 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 just one, <laughs> One way that we're delivering that product, one way that we're getting sales for that product. So a sales conversion tool, which if you have a high-end program, that will be the sales call, right? So you get really, really good at just the sales call. If you have a low-end program or something that is a low-end product, you can probably have a sales page. So one thing, and just by simplifying and streamlining to that one focus, you're going to get back so much capacity. You're going to get back so much energy. You're going to get back so much more alignment. You're going to have so much more to pour into the success of that product or service or program, whatever it is you're offering. And, you know, it's such a simple thing. And I see a lot of women struggle with this concept, right? I have my clients that fight me on it. Like I have, you know, people out in the public who fight me on it. Like, no, not multiple streams of income. No, not multiple products. No, not a ladder where you're offering all these different levels of value for what you're offering. One thing that you can really put all your heart and soul into, you can put all your creativity to, it makes such a difference when you're able to do that. And that level of focus simplifies and streamlines everything that you're doing. Yes. And that's the key right there is that level of focus. And that takes patience. And patience in our fast world is something that we really struggle with. 
all of us, because you're thinking, okay, I've got this thing. I'm being really patient and focused. And then you're watching these other businesses right past you, right? It looks like it. It looks like they're just zooming right past you because they've got their multiple streams and they've got all their bells and whistles. (laughs) And you start going, oh no, you know, something's wrong with me. Mine's like too basic, but it's kind of like the hare and the tortoise. It's that steady and patient and focused because the reality is, is that consumers are overwhelmed too. And they do not want you to be all things. They want to come to you and understand who are you and what issue can you help me with? And then if you fit that for them, then great. But the more that you give them more information, honestly, they don't even get through the door. Like they probably don't get past the first of your website when they just see all the things. And, and I, it happens to me as well. Like if I go somewhere and there's way too many packages, way too many options, I'm just like, this is too much. I'm checking out. So I've already left your website before I've even really understood what you're offering. Yes, 100%. And you all, it really is like, it is a massive difference. And having worked with so many businesses and not always having or backing this method, I've seen the differences, right? So having one front end product, one like gateway that people have to come through it does simplify the buying decision for them. They don't have to be like, do I want package A, B, or C? Oh, well, if I have package A, B, C here, oh, this other person has package A, B, C as well. Which one is better? There's six packages I'm trying to decide from. Whereas when you come to someone and you're like, here's my only package, and the reason why is because it's the best. I'm not gonna offer you a lower package because it's not gonna get you the results you want. I'm gonna offer you one package because in all my experience, this is what's gonna get you the results you want. You can take it or you can walk away and leave it, but this is what you get. Imagine how much confidence you instill in the person who is listening to this and the person who is hearing this. They're like, wow, she's so confident. You know, she's only got one product. She's only, she she's offering me what's going to actually work. She's not trying to sell me and then upsell me or downsell me. She's just got one thing because she really believes in it. Wow, I can get behind that. Even if that person doesn't feel aligned or doesn't want what you're offering, there's going to be a tremendous respect there. This is what the world wants. We want simple. We want streamlined. We want that ability to have the clarity. You offer this. This is the only way I can work with you. Cool. I don't have to make any decisions except yes or no. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And the more clear that you are, you attract, again, this is something we talked about in the past, but you attract the person that's ideal for you to work with, right? Because they will self-select out if you are not that person, but they can't tell if you've got too much going on. People don't know what you're about, but the more clear, I mean, I've seen that in my practice as well, because as the psychotherapist, I could be very general. I could just be like, yes, I work with mood disorders and I work with trauma and I work, you know, and it's like anybody could come to me. But at some point I realized that, no, I'm really servicing entrepreneurs. Like entrepreneurs are the people that I want to provide psychotherapy for. That's the context I want to be working with. And so now when people go to my website, I have many of them will say, so I really was attracted to this because you specifically talk about entrepreneurs and I'm an entrepreneur and this really resonated. I'm like, perfect. And those are all the clients that I really, really enjoy working with. So if I was just being all general. I know this is niche, which is somewhat different than like multiple products, 
But it's that same idea of being simple and don't be afraid to go small and get really clear. And I had a supervisor tell me that once too, as a therapist, he goes, do you think you're going to do therapy for all these people in the city? No, you are one person who only needs so many clients to be able to fill your practice. So don't try to take the whole pie. Like what is your slice? Get really clear about that slice of pie. And that's where you put all your design and your attention on, right? Yes. And if you have multiple things right now, look at what you most love delivering, right? So a lot of people would say, look at what's bringing you the most money. No, look at what you most love delivering and make that bring you more money, right? Like, you know, how much, because what we're looking at is what we can put all of our intention into and our attention and our effort. What can we be sustainable with? Because we enjoy it, we love it, we want to deliver it. So, you know, find that one thing that you really love, that you want to be successful and put everything you've got into making that successful. And I think, you know, that's probably part of why we have multiple streams and why we dissect ourselves is we're afraid of failing. We're afraid of putting everything into something. And then what if we don't make it? What if we don't succeed? Then does that prove all of the, you know, feelings we have about our own worthiness? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's that, you know, that kind of keeping our sometimes keeping ourselves distracted or keeping ourselves spread too thin because in a way we don't have to find out what we're really capable of. And that, who is that? That's that quote, right? We're not, that's, it was Marianne Williamson. Maybe it's like, we're not afraid of failing really as much as we're actually afraid of how powerful we can become if we put all of our focus. And I think that 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 is kind of the interesting thing. If you notice yourself in a pattern of overcomplication, just take a minute to really check in with that and get clear about what is the role that that overcomplication serves? What's the purpose of that? If I keep doing it and I know that I don't want that, but yet I keep doing it, then there's some kind of battle here between your conscious and your unconscious motivations. And so when that starts to happen to me, I know it's just time to be like, okay, I need to dig a little bit deeper here because I'm attached to that chaos or attached to that complication emotionally (laughs) on some level. And yeah, and I need to figure that out. And a really good question along those lines too, is what am I protecting? Like, what is the pattern and how is this pattern helping me to protect something? What am I protecting? And that is a really interesting piece of inquiry And it's important because all the complication leads to is limited success and burnout. Like that really is what complication, multiple arms. It's one thing if you have a very successful focus and then once that focus is very streamlined and running on its own, you create a second focus. That is rarely what most people do. Most people create a second focus or a third focus before they've even gotten the first one off the ground. And then that just leads to limited success, scattered energy, burnout, exhaustion, and giving up, right? Eventually, we just get to a point where enough is enough. And I think, you know, in this kind of topic of like, how do we design something that's simple and streamlined? I think one of the things that's uh, really important to talk about is designing is actually just for testing. So I think what I see is that a lot of people have taught design a business, perfect it, and then get out there and sell it. Right. But the way that I look at design is design it with an 
educated guess, yes, with, you know, maybe help from someone like a business coach or someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, great. Like get some perspective, have an educated guess of what you think will work. Design the idea of it, the concept of it, and then test it, right? Don't go out there and create a program or a product or everything that has all these pieces to it. Spend six months building something that you haven't tested. That is just asking for trouble because really we have to test and validate and, you know, really ensure that what we've designed is relevant. And the design process, if you're a service business, can take a week, like a week, right? How many of you have spent months, years, decades, maybe a few of you, trying to design something and perfecting it instead of testing it? That is a very good point. Because I think that sometimes in the perfecting, they think they're testing it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And oh, gosh, that is a really, really good one to, to think on. Because this running kind of out of the out of the shoot here, I'm going to be my Texas girl, like you run it out of the shoot before you even know that you have what you need to make it work. And I think that this is that again, the eagerness. And sometimes like we really need to come back to slowing it down and having patience to test and also understand, I mean, this is something you and I experienced is yes, there's when you bring something to the market that is ahead of the collective consciousness, it can be really challenging. And that doesn't mean that you have to not do it, but it means that you have to really figure out in the current consciousness of your market, (laughs) how would they describe what they're looking for? How will they know that what you're offering is a solution to their problems? Like you have to really get into the logistics, right? The nitty gritty of, what are they even calling this? This because I could be calling it something, right? We didn't use the word co-working when we started off our co-working space in 2008. We called it a work-life balance center where we could help you navigate work-life balance because that was the issue at hand. I mean, it still is, but that was like everybody, all the women that we knew were like, "How can I balance work and life?" So we couldn't use the word co-working as much as that was the model that we knew how to label. It was so new and we were the first ones in Austin to even open a center called that was co-working. So we had to use a different word. So even just like that, you know, are you the vocabulary that you're using the way that you describe your problem? You've got to test it out and see if anybody is biting. They really know what you're talking, you know, resonating. That's right. And I, and I think you know, I've yet to see a single person who doesn't complicate this process, right? And I, and and so there's obviously a lot of pieces. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk more about like the validation process, which is the testing process, and how do we navigate that in sales, right? But I think what we're looking at right now is like the simplicity of the design, right? And so if we're building the design from who we are, from our genius, from what we already know how to do, right? What we were born to do. If we're designing from that place and from what it, where our desire goes, from who we want to work with, from the ease that we want to create. So if we're designing from that place and that alignment, and we're looking at who is the target market that we want to serve because they're aligned, because we would enjoy every minute of serving them, because they are who we love to be around, who we love to connect with, who we love to help and support. 
if we are designing a service that is very specific because we know how to do it, right? We've we've learned, we've experienced, we know how to get that done. Then we're coming from this place of knowing already, right? We're not, I think what I've seen is a lot of people, they don't come from their knowledge base. They come from what they think they want to do, what like what someone else is doing. So I've seen this, you know, this is very rampant in like business coaching world in my industry, where everyone is like, business coaching is lucrative. I've been in a business. I've had a role in a business. Therefore, I can be a business coach because it's lucrative, right? They're not looking at their genius, which might just be marketing, or their genius might just be strategy, like creating strategic plans. They're just trying to like look at what they think is lucrative, what they think will be viable, and they're not coming from a real place of strength. Well, that is not a design that's going to work because it's not utilizing who they are and what they already know. And so there is a big gap in their knowledge and therefore a big gap in their value too. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is like really designing from your expertise and your skill set, like really thinking about, okay, if I'm designing this business, it may not be a design based on what I've seen out there, just because I think it would be cool to have that kind of business. (laughs) It's like, what is it that I really have to offer? What problem am I solving and how am I uniquely positioned to solve that problem? And when you get really clear with that, then being able to then design the layers of the business, maybe then it's like, okay, so then is this an online business or is this a brick and mortar business? Okay, got that. Okay, now what kind of person is going to come into my online business or my brick and mortar? What's my ideal client? You know, those kinds of, we, we've heard all that terminology, but I think that we many people don't really sit with those things and really craft them intentionally one layer at a time. It's kind of this idea. And this is sort of, again, the difference between conceptualizing a business, really embodying a business. And I'm going to continue to talk about this through this whole series, because I've been giving a lot of thought about this, because when my clients come to me, they've conceptualized their problems. Like, What's happening to me emotionally? What's happening to me in my life? So we've got there's, there's a very strong conceptual self awareness. Why their business isn't working? Why their relationship isn't working? Why they're struggling? But when I really ask them to feel that and really connect, like how do you know that? How do you know that to be true? Where do you feel that in your body? Like what's your embodied self awareness? They're struck by that. Like I what? I don't know. It's just up here. It's just something that I'm thinking, right? And we live in a culture that worships that cognitive awareness. And yes, it only, it gets us very far, but only so far, like just conceptualizing your business. So even when we talk about this back to basics, for me, it's like, yeah, let's get back to like designing in a way that's an embodied experience of your self-awareness really has to be aligned and rooted in that as you put each layer and each working piece of your business model. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. I'm so glad you pointed that out because I think sometimes I take that for granted because for me, the embodiment is just something I assume 
You know, it's like, it's just something I do or something I think about. But, you know, that is such a good point because I do think that when people are designing, they're often coming with all this conceptualization, but they're not really looking at themselves in relevancy to that design, right? They're not looking at, but will doing this make me happy? Or how does this feel in my body? When I think about this target market, when I think about offering the service, how does this make me feel in my body? I've seen so many of my clients design things that I'm like, how does that make you feel? And they're like completely anxious. And I'm like, is that how you want to feel? And they're like, well, no, but isn't this what I have to feel? I'm like, no, (laughs) no, it is not what you have to feel. Would you like to feel ease? Would you like to feel like, you know, joy? You know, how does that feel? How about light? Would you like to feel light? Okay, so if you were to think of a target market or service to offer that makes you feel light, what is that? Let's do that. Yes, yes. And but this is the a whole nother, which we'll probably get into our on our series is like rewriting those narratives and like really changing the story. Because yes, like a lot of times we just because we're conceptualizing something, and we're not embodying it, we're not checking that out, then we're just doing what we think we should be doing or what somebody else is doing over there. And it conceptually sounds great. And we are not actually even listening to the cues that from our body that's like, okay, my blood pressure's up. I'm totally stressed out, like pumping additional adrenaline and cortisol in my body. But this must be just how it's done, you know? So we've gotten so used to like business and that type of success that it has to be at that cost. And see, this is where you're so good at speaking from the business, from a feminine lens and like this whole business, women in the business arena, like what we've tried to talk about in this podcast for many episodes is that this kind of thinking that success has to be built at personal cost and that women are tolerating it because we're just so used to living with discomfort and compromise in our bodies. Yes. We do not have to compromise. I'm telling you right now, you do not have to compromise. If you want to, you can, sure, but you do not have to. It is your choice. And I think we need to hear that over and over and over again. And this is the thing, like for some people, they like, for instance, if they all they care about is making money and they just want to make money as fast as they can and they don't care the cost, they don't care about having a complicated business, they don't care if it's sustainable, they just want money now. Well, that's great. But there are a lot of people out there who to want a business they enjoy, like they want to still be enjoying it two years from now, right? They don't want to burn themselves out and have to go back to their corporate job. Like there's a lot of people out there like that and they want a business that is aligned with who they are and they want something simple that feels fun to work in that, but they still settle for complication because they feel that that's what they have to do, whether because we've been indoctrinated or because they're not worthy. Yeah. And I would say definitely combination of, of both in so many instances and just so used to feeling that in the body. I mean, I have clients that struggle to leave their corporate work to really start their business because they're afraid of, you know, not having that income. And it, it's really interesting though, because they're like, God, it's really, you know, I'm not happy, but I'm doing it right now for the paycheck. I'm doing it for the paycheck. And then I'm going to get to a place where I'm going to do my own thing. But then guess what happens is like, they finally get to that moment where they get to do their own thing. And then they repeat that same 
pattern, <laughs> like putting themselves in this stress and this pressure cooker and all the things that they said they were leaving that organization behind in order to experience something differently. So this is why it's so important that we have these conversations. And, you know, I feel like you and I, Sonia, right now in this podcast is like big permission slip that you get to actually enjoy what you do and start noticing where you feel discomfort. And if I can leave, you know, any kind of words of wisdom is that if we can stop equating that discomfort and that personal sacrifice, especially of our health and wellness with success, that that's the only way, then you're going to be off to a really good start. If you can just dismantle that coupling that we've done in the body. It's like, oh, I must be succeeding because I am stressed out as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. And, you know, and it comes back, and this is one of the things I love about the design process. Like, you know, I take my clients this very simple design process because I want I want them to get out and test as quickly as possible because we need to know if the target market they think they want is valuable and if it's actually resonant with what they want to say and what they want to offer. And that testing process is, needs to be quick and easy. But what's so interesting is that in the design process, you bring your mindset, right? And so I love it because I can always see very clearly into someone's blueprint, right? What is it they're sitting in? Because either they overcomplicate the process or you can see their value issues come up or you can see where they, they the beliefs where everything has to be hard and everything has to be tough and, and they really got to make their dues before they can ever re- reach success. I can see that just in the initial design process. Like it's all there. Like here, Sonia, this is what I'm sitting in. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then we have to start, start like sort of deal with those pieces because we bring ourselves wherever we are. So we bring ourselves into the design process. So if we are struggling with our value or if we complicate things as a pattern, guess what? We bring that into the design process and then we bring that into the sales process and then we bring that into our operations. And so, you know, it's great to be aware of how we're designing. Like why have we designed a complicated business model or why have we designed something that doesn't even fit us. That's what I see more often than anything is that we design something that doesn't fit us. It's not really who we are. It's not really our genius. It's something we were told we were good at, something that somebody else said would work or, you know, something the market thinks is viable. But none of it is like, is this what I want to do? Is this who I am? Is this where my genius is? Is this what I'm here to deliver? I think it's just so interesting the way sometimes we really get in the way of that design process being easy. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think if for all the listeners, just as a takeaway, you know, looking at that blueprint, like you said, looking at your design and just asking yourself, like, is there one misalignment, incongruency or complication here that I could take away? Right. Just starting with that one, like just that curiosity of like, okay, let me look at my base. Let me look at my design. And even if I just looked for one, like how would that shift it? How could that simplify things? Because I think we have to remember that sometimes it's not all or nothing. And then you can baby step this a little bit. If you're already through this process and you're just like, oh, I don't even know. Am I overcomplicating? Like, just start with that question, that curiosity. Like, I wonder, like, what's one thing that feels really hard? (laughs) That's really stressing me out. And what would happen to my business model if I just 
just took that one out. Yeah, look, I believe growth is a removal process. Like it isn't adding more things. It's actually taking them away. If you want to grow in your business, if you want to streamline and simplify it, it's what can you get rid of? Yeah, yeah. Like just like my closets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Right. Are my bookshelf or like the many other things we've got going? I love that. That's an awesome place to end. All right. Well, thank you all for joining this part two of our series. And we've got three more parts to go. So I hope you will be with us for the next three weeks. All right. Take care and we'll see you next week. Do you love the topics we're sharing on the show? Would you like to go deeper into them for more personal and business transformation? Do you need the clarity of one-to-one coaching support, but also long for a group of amazing women who are into self-development as part of their business growth? I work with women who are reluctant leaders. They feel a pull to change the world, but they want to break free from the traditional masculine leadership model. They don't like the limelight, they refuse to hustle, and they've almost given up on finding another way. But my Women in the Arena program is another way to grow your business, step into leadership, and break free of what is keeping you limited. I've taken hundreds of women through this course. It is powerful and it is ending after this year. So if you've ever wanted to work with me in a one-to-one capacity, the time is now. If this interests you, visit sonyastatman.com or reach out to me on any of my socials. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.